Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Father, we thank you that you are here. You're here. Your presence is here. And we just say, here we are. We ask, Lord, that you would anoint your word. We ask, Lord God, that our ears would be attuned to what your spirit is saying. We ask, God, that you would touch our hearts and that you would bring the transformation that, that is needed in each of our lives individually. And that in, in us as, as a people, your people. Lord, I pray that your anointed we break yokes. I pray, Father, that we would come to your word in faith and in hope. We believe your word and we receive your word and we want to be changed by your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would order everything that is said, that, that I would be um, just a mouthpiece for your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's going to be a little different. I don't know, I always feel like it's different when I come up here. <laughs> See, y'all laugh because it's true. <laughs> uh. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm getting free to be me. <laughs> I'm going to share today. I am going to be in the Word. You're going to, um, I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit there. And, um, whew. you're going to have to bear with me. I'm not going to apologize for what the Lord is doing in my heart. <laughs> I'm going to thank him. <laughs> but y'all are going to have to have patience. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know if this is going to be a sermon and a teaching or a testimony. <laughs> All the above. All the above. Um, I feel like the sound of music, let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> a very good place to start. <laughs> okay. Um, really, that's how I feel. So I'm just trusting that what today is for today and what's for next week, if I have the grace to stand up here again next week. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so um, I found myself this fall in the Garden of Eden, in a way. I'd never been. Not that I hadn't been there before, but I found myself in a way I'd never been. And I, I knew I was there because I heard two questions. Where are you? And who told you that? And the reason I feel like I'm to share is because I believe that there's many of us, whether we realize it or not. And that doesn't mean you're not saved because I completely am. <laughs> 
that I'm also being saved. And I will be saved. But there are places in our lives, and see, the Lord loves us. His, his kindness, I need to get rid of this gum. Didn't know it was still here, sorry. <laughs> That's true love right there. <laughs> um, his kindness leads us to repentance. Repentance is a changing of the way you think, which then changes your attitudes and it changes your actions. It's, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not shame. In fact, it it's breaks the power of shame. And it's not condemnation. It's freedom. But what I found, I found myself... Um, like I said, I kept hearing two questions, and I was like, what are you talking about? Because I thought I was fine. Anybody ever felt like you were fine to find out you're not so fine? I'm always fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, we, we quickly say, how are you? I'm fine. But we're walking around, but we're not fine. Even though we are, but we're not. Does that make sense? Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm, I, oh, yeah, I was, gonna, I was praying that y'all got the gift of interpretation. <laughs> as far as I know, it'll all be in English, but I think you're going to need that gift anyway. <laughs> so these two questions, where are you? And who told you that? And I'm like, I'm right here. What are you talking about? I'm in my quiet time. Like, how much more can you be right there? Like, you've turned off all the distractions to be with him. And yet I'm hearing it so loud. And you know, when the Lord asks you questions, it's not because he's trying to learn something. (laughs) (laughs) He's usually trying to help us. And as I sat there, because at first I didn't realize I was in the garden. I was just having a quiet time. But I'm hearing, where are you? And I'm thinking, I'm right here. What are you talking about? And then I realized, oh, like I'm here, but I'm not here. Like, you know, um, oh, gosh, I hate that. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't say I hate a scripture. I, don't, I, do, I love this scripture. <laughs> I don't like it when it, like, points it to me but Jesus said to the Pharisees you worship him with your lips but your heart's far from him and sometimes we can be worshiping it and we really mean it and yet there's places of our heart that are stuck and we don't even realize it are y'all y'all okay all right um and so I was in that place and it came Um, Because I was going to take a sabbatical, which is a really weird thing. But when I began to plan on taking my sabbatical, you know, sabbatical, I was going to cease. I was going to be still. And then, like, I'm trying to get prepared, and we're, you know, in the middle of wedding. And and it all came um, about Tia's shower, and she and I have talked about this. 
And, um, but I, I came to the realization, probably before she came to the realization, that I wasn't going to be at her shower. And I love her so much. And I knew God was calling me to go on the sabbatical. But I was really struggling because I wanted to be there for her. And I'm slow sometimes, so I was like it. <laughs> It was, I mean, and then I, so, like, I was, I was in this struggle, not even really aware that I was in this struggle, but so I was in this struggle, and then I'm in this quiet time, and I realize I'm feeling shame and fear. And that's what was happening in the garden. Adam and Eve realized, I'm going to say the word wrong, because I always say it wrong. My kids, I've been practicing naked. They were naked. <laughs> I say naked. <laughs> Does I say it right? They were naked. <laughs> and they realized it. And they felt ashamed. And so they then, when they heard the Lord, they felt fear. And as I began to pray and ask the Lord about it, he showed me. He said, Eliza, he said, there is, um, I call it an underbelly. And it's not, it's not the all in all of my life. And I'm really glad to say that because then I would be in shame and condemnation. It's just, there's this one little place. And you know what, guys, newsflash, we all have them. And I'm really tired of um, the scenario um, that somehow we have to, like, I mean, we are completely healed, and we're being healed. We've been healed. We're completely, I've been delivered. I'm being delivered. I'm going to be delivered again. I'm being transformed. I'm being sanctified. And the part that, like, you know, there's a lot of people um, that have been hurt in church, I think, because they expect people in church to have it all together. You know what? The good news is we're the ones that know we don't have it all together. <laughs> but I want this to be a safe place that we can, and that's, I think, part of why I'm sharing this, because I think it's really easy to look at people and go, they got it all together. And um, that's never been my intention. To, to, to say that, because I, I know I don't have it all together, and my husband knows I don't have it all together, and my children know I don't have it all together. But what I saw, what the Lord showed me, is he said, Eliza, there's like this underbelly in your life, and you don't even realize it's there, and it's not... A huge part of your life but it has been there for a very long I mean I know since I was a baby <laughs> and that is of shame which produces fear okay it says we all have shame and fear is anybody would go yep I, I, I know what you're talking about 
okay? And then how we respond to that, I think, looks different for different people, okay? And I think that's where we start measuring sin, the fruit of how we respond to the, to the shame and the fear, okay? So how it plays out for me um, has been performance. And so when he's talking to me about it, I'm like questioning, are you sure about this? And I knew, like, I had, I can even tell you, in my 20s, the Lord really showed me how shame was playing in my life. And so none of this was new. And yet, I saw it in a way I'd never seen, to the point where, I experienced grace in a way I'd never known. And which is good because see, he who has been forgiven much what? Love much. We need to see our need so that grace is always amazing. So that we can love others when we see their need. <laughs> so in my twenties shame came to a huge big place and man we spent a decade allowing the lord to go after that and your shame can come um, because of things we do see the thing with me is i was always so afraid to get in trouble or do anything wrong but there was a seed in me that that says you are wrong and there had been a lie that had been spoken over me because see that's where the who told you that I can now tell you I'm not going to tell you but I know verbally was spoken over me because of you this because of you this and it was a, a, a family member that was just reacting in a moment and that's what words are powerful but you know I was this little baby that just took that in it's probably the first time I'd ever experienced anger Anyway, so shame in my 20s, 30s um, became about getting or seeing fear. <laughs> you can ask any of my family. It came right to the surface, fear. And then in my 40s, I began to see um, places of performance. And so with Tia's shower, what happened is I began to think about I'm not going to be there and then, do you guys ever have stories in your head? Like, if you do, just raise your hand so I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> okay, so the story in my head was, and I don't know, I, I don't know if it was coming inwardly from, you know, wounded places that God's been graciously healing and setting me free, or if it was the enemy whispering thoughts or a combination of both. But the story in my head was if you're not at her shower, she's going to be disappointed and she's going to leave. That wasn't on her. That was what was in me. But see, the thing is, Jesus came that we could serve him without what? Fear. Without fear. He wants, and have you noticed the escalation of fear that's over everybody? Whose battles with fear 
Yeah, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind, self-control. And so I, I sat on it probably about two weeks, and then I, Sam and I went on a date, and I said, hey, I need to share something with you. It's probably not going to be a news flash to you, because I knew this was not tied into Tia's shower. This was just something that was, because the problem was I was going to take a sabbatical. I was going to stop. Do you know that being, being still is actually a biblical thing? We're supposed to do it once a week, all day long. We're, we're, to, we're to actually live not for rest, but from rest. And that's a whole other message that eventually one day. <laughs> so, oh goodness, okay, 28 minutes, I haven't gotten to the word yet. <laughs> well, I have, we started out with it. Um, so anyway, it, it, this, I, I think the thing is, you know, so I, I, I begin to, like, recognize, and I shared with Sam, and I said, you know, the thing is, I know the Lord is saying this is going on in my life, and I know that I have, I, it may not, it's probably not a newsflash to you because he lives with me. Like, he see, the people that live close to us see the crazy cycle better than we do sometimes. <laughs> You know, and the thing is, like, for me, it's um, shame, growing up. I mean, it actually, it's funny, not funny, haha, like, ironic, but the more I get free of this, the more I recognize shame showing up in my conversations all the time. I've been walking with the Lord. I'm going to turn 55. <laughs> I've been walking with him since I was nine years old. And I'm hearing shame show up in my words. I said it last week. I, I, I apologize. I'm sorry for, uh, and I'm like, the Lord says, stop apologizing for being. That's shame talking. He made us to have emotions. They're not to drive us, but we're not to stuff them or apologize. And... Um, Elise has been, of my children, man, she's been calling me on this for a good steady five years. <laughs> and I'd say I'm just far, starting to see what she's talking about. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The people that are in your life sometimes know better. But the thing is, I don't feel like anything was wasted because everything, every step along my journey has brought me to where I am now. You know, he doesn't call us to perfection out of a performance way. He calls us to his perfection. He says, be holy because I'm holy, and I'm the one that does that work in you, in my timing and in my way. And then when we get a hold of that, we can trust him with us and our journey, and then we can trust him with one another and their journey. So shame, I'm the problem, you know, there's a um, Taylor Swift song. came out just the right time. It's me. I'm the problem. I don't even know who Taylor Swift is. I'm hearing on Instagram all the time. I was like, yeah, I, I can identify with that. <laughs> I, I remember being six years old with my mom. We'd be watching Little House on the Prairie. Little Laura Ingalls Wilder. Every episode, she cries. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The neighbor's barn is burning, and she's crying. I'm so sorry. You know. And mom, one day, I remember saying, you're like Laura Ingalls. You are, and I was like, see, like, it's been there. But the thing is, God does, and that's been the root then to propel me for fear. My fear is people are going to abandon and leave. Try being a pastor of a church. See how that works for you. 
So I have, I have 20 years of doors of people in and out. And what it does is it's caused this place of me trying to do better, trying to be better, trying to try to try to, even though I know I'm completely saved by grace. But then, I'll, then it's like, like Tia is the daughter of my heart, and we're, you know, in, in my mind. And um, so I, I shared with Sam, and I said, "Yep, you know, like this may not be a newsflash to you." And I, but I know the Lord is saying He wants to set me free and break this cycle over my life. And I said, I don't know that the outside of my life is going to look much different, but I'm going to tell you this, he is going to deliver me from shame and fear and how it goes out into performance. For other people, it may be shame, fear, and you numb yourself. You can numb yourself with alcohol, or it could be TV, or it could be shopping, or it could be work. It could, see, and the thing is with mine, it's insidious because it looks good and people love it, and they love you. You start shifting from that, oh, you know, it's funny, like, going on, okay. oh, and, and I, like, if you said this to me, no, it's a-okay, it was just, once again, a lot of times when we're getting triggered, it's really not what other people are doing, it's what it's hitting in you, so, yeah, oh, I can't wait till you go on your sabbatical, and you're going to come back, and you're going to, and it's like, all of a sudden, there's pressure, I've got to get the word of the Lord, <laughs> and, you know, and the Lord is like, be still, you know what I did on sabbatical, I slept, the first time in my life, I slept, I've been averaging sleep since I was a teenager between three and a half and five or six hours a night. The first night I slept nine and a half hours. And I was like, what is happening? I didn't even know I could sleep. That's why we need rest so we can get to know who we are and stop compensating. This is a time where God is removing the crutches. He's saying, I'm ready for my people to run with me. And you know what? There's been some things that have been crutches in my life. And, I'm, and I kept saying, Lord, like, I know you've showed me this. I don't even know how this plays. Would you show me? Oh, my gosh. When you begin to pray those things, he's so faithful. He hears those prayers. And they weren't like big things. See, you know, it, was, it looked good. But the good of man gets in the way of God. And I want him. And so the thing is, is that I know if you're in a place where you ever hear the Lord say, where are you? Because, see, the thing is, is that when we get to when we're drowning internally, we tend to run from instead of to. And it's his kindness. His kindness. And see, that, and that affects our relationships with one another, and it affects our relationship with him. But it's his kindness. He's going, where are you? I want you here. I want to connect with you on this thing. I want you to see. I want to set you free. I want you to worship me without any fear. See, the thing is, there are places in our hearts. It says, his perfect love drives out fear. There's places in all of our hearts that have yet to come to know his perfect love. That's okay. You got the rest of your life to learn it. You guys good? Okay, so in case you didn't know, we've been in Genesis, and we've been in Luke, I got, is that 20 minutes? 
Um, Let's go to uh, Matthew. (laughs) I know the things I'm telling you are things that you have a revelation already of. Mandy, during prayer, what did you pray? Okay, so she prayed my message. (laughs) Okay, so um, I got so much, and I told Sam, I said, I feel like I could preach for like five weeks, not really, maybe next, but then I don't know, yesterday I was like, I don't know, I don't have anything, I don't have anything. (laughs) We're in a war, guys. Every day, we're in a war, and we need one another, and we need him. Okay, um. Matthew, did I tell y'all 22? Okay, Matthew 22, 34. When the Pharisees heard that they had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Okay, so um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That comes out of Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Moses gave that to the Israel people. And, and I guess you probably know this, but Deuteronomy 6 comes after Deuteronomy 5. And Deuteronomy 5 is <laughs> a revisit of the Ten Commandments. And then it goes into this, Hear, O Israel, listen and obey. You know, I told you that, like, and I could, like, we could talk a long time about my journey with shame and my journey with fear and then performance. And see, what I saw is these three have been, like, woven like a, a braid. Like, I get a cord of three is not easily broken. Like, in marriages, that, that's something like Sam and I. Sam and I, the Holy Spirit, cord of three is not easily broken. Let me tell you, the power of when shame and fear and whatever that thing is, is woven together, that thing is not easily broken, and it affects so much of our lives. But the Lord is saying, I want to set you free and so that you can worship me. And so for me, it was like, okay, Lord, I love you, and I see what you've done. You've saved me. You've delivered me. I am a living testimony of the grace and goodness of God. That I've known since I was a little girl. I've known it. There's no question. And I want everyone else to know how good he is. But the thing is, I was trying to live for him, but not from him. We cannot live for him apart from him. We have to live 
from him. It's his spirit. And we have our part. We have our part to partner with him. It's not like he just comes, you're good. Boy, wouldn't that be great? (laughs) But the problem is we drift from him. But he's teaching us to live from him. And we know, but he's getting it in our hearts. He's getting it in my heart. Jesus said, the second is like this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That comes out of Leviticus 19, 18. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Leviticus 19, 1 starts out and it says, be holy for I'm holy. And see, we hear this and we're like, okay, I'm going to be holy. We can't be holy. And this is where I realize, oh my gosh, Lord, this thing has been touching so much in my life and I had no idea. And yet you've been with me. Your favor and your goodness is over me. Thank you for showing me. Now I need you to show me how this plays out. And I need you to change me because the very nature of performance thinks I'm going to be able to do it myself. You know, we have been saved from so much. We've been saved from some things, and we are saved for some things. It's not an either or. And we can, we are to live for him, but we can only live for him from him. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like, all of us are wired with extreme selfishness. If you don't believe me, hang out with a couple of (laughs) two-year-olds. Or 14-year-olds. Or (laughs) 80-year-olds. We have that. But the thing is, we really, really, for me anyway, it was a lot easier to love others and think, I want to love them the way I'd want to be loved, but I would not take care of myself. And it was that shame, speaking all the time. Am I making sense? Are you guys okay? All right. Need a sip of water. As long as I can remember. See, the Lord wants that whole thing of love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He wants to meet those places in our hearts that haven't yet come to trust and know him. And I begin to pray, and I'm like, Lord, first of all, I don't even realize I'm doing this. And second of all, I know the worst thing for me to do would be try to fix this because that's just stepping into performance. So I'm going to ask that you show me when it's happening. And I'm asking and I'm recognizing that I'll probably continue unless you bring the transformation on the inside. And I'm going to enjoy you and myself and others 
in the process <laughs> the best I can. When I was um, in my 20s, I'd say if there was one verse, I was just thinking about this today. I was like, well, isn't that funny? Ha ha. <laughs> my life verse is Psalm 51. Verses 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. See, the thing is, when we taste and see his goodness and grace, and like I said, the beauty of the garden for me was I was in the garden, and I'm hearing him say, where are you, and who told you that? He set me free. He went, and he actually showed me where this thing had come in. And, and, and like I said, none of it was brand new, and yet I've been seeing, and now I'm having to learn how to walk in a different way. I believe Jesus is coming back soon. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know how soon that might be. It might be my grandchildren's grandchildren are alive. I have no idea. Or it could be next week. I don't know. <laughs> but I do believe that there's going to be a generation that rises up in that forerunner spirit that says, get ready, the king's coming. He has set me free. He has brought me out of darkness into light. Freedom! He wants that for all of us. And he's he wants to deliver us. He's in a place. I, I just I know this. I know this pastorally. I know I know by the Spirit. Even if people aren't telling me, I know the Lord is right now walking, going, "Where are you?" Not because he's upset with you. He wants you to come with him. He wants just like me. Who told you that? We. He wants you know. In in Revelation, I'll go do this real quick. In Revelation twelve. Verse 10, it says, I heard a loud voice. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who's accused them day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. They did not shrink back. I believe that we are in a all, deception right now. Is it a high? Is it a high? But see, it's no different than the garden. And in that garden, like, we have 10 minutes. I don't have time to go there. But <laughs> I really want to go there. <laughs> but in that garden, God created, I mean, I mean, going about starting about at the very beginning, everything we're, fa everything we're seeing out there in the world, all the crazy, it's like, the garden, creation. God created us. God created man in his image. Every big thing that we're facing, the answer is in, is in those first three chapters of Genesis. <laughs> and yet we have um, an, a lot of people that don't even believe God created the heavens and the earth. It's deception. Or they're taking the word and instead of saying, I need this word to become my truth, they're trying to make their, their life their truth and picking what they want to pick of the word. And I'm not trying to be whatever, but we need, we need Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> there's a serpent and he wants to twist what God says. 
He's constantly looking to see what kind of lie can I sow. And some of the lies we've been believing have been there so long you don't even know it's a lie. It seems so real. And it plays in the background and you don't even know it, but it's shaping how you're living day in and day out. That's what was happening with me. Like, I can look back and go, oh my goodness, I so clearly see, but I didn't see. I didn't realize. And it was just being, and see, our hearts are like gardens. Who has a garden? Anybody? Okay, let me ask you something. Does that garden take purposefulness? Every season? Like, if we're not purposeful to uproot the weeds, it's going to choke out the life. That's not one time. We have to continue to partner with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, show me. Because the thing is, is that the enemy will speak a lie. Or, or maybe you came with, like, generational stuff, and Sam's talked on this, or um, judgments you've made. I'd made a judgment myself. Basically, I believed a lie because of you and this, then this. Just a, a child hollered at me. But I took it deep, and I took it as, as truth. And so every time, I mean, I can walk in a room and someone's struggling, and my first thought is, I wonder what I did wrong. That's how you know shame's at play. And I know I'm not the only person that does that. God wants to deliver us from shame. There's no condemnations for those in Christ. See, shame doesn't say you did wrong. Shame says you are wrong. But God wants us to be completely free of shame so we're completely free of fear so that we can represent Jesus well, represent him well. And when those thoughts come, we have a way to overcome. How? By the blood of the Lamb. (laughs) By the word of our testimony. And not shrinking back. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, we are fully justified. Do you know what that means? Completely, just as if I never messed up. Just as if I never had done it. Justification is complete remission of sin and absolution. You know what absolution is? This is good news. You know what it is? It is the judge declares the accused person innocent. Right now, no matter what struggle you're still being delivered from, regardless of what you did yesterday or what you're going to do tomorrow because of Jesus, you're justified. That's good news. Not only does he justify you, but he also sanctifies you. You know when it says, be holy because I'm holy? It's not about you trying to be holy. It is recognizing that there's a seal upon you that says set apart. And I, who began a good work in you, I am going to carry it to completion. You know, I, um, two years ago, 
I heard the word, no, it was like tw- we're in 2023, 2022. I heard the word. I was like, Lord, what's my word? What's my word? He goes, perseverance. I'm like, I reject that. <laughs> I do not want the word perseverance. <laughs> I feel like so all I've been doing is persevering. And so I was pretty sure I was not hearing correctly. <laughs> Usually I, I grab a hold of my word and I run with it before the year begins. And I was strongly into January, maybe close to February, <laughs> before I said, okay, perseverance. <laughs> Forgive me for not receiving this word. <laughs> it just feels so no. And then I looked it up. You know what it is in the 1828 Webster Dictionary? Perseverance is a continual state of grace to a state of glory. Wow, that feels much better. (laughs) I just want to declare over each one of us perseverance. That you are in a continual state of grace. Not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus did on that cross. Continual state of grace until he brings you completely to glory. And then when you recognize that, you know what happens is you have so much grace for yourself and for everybody else. And you're like, really, that makes the good news what? It's really good news. He has sent us a mighty Savior. He's rescued us from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness, being set apart, and in righteousness. The righteousness of Christ. You've been rescued from, and you're rescued for. To live for Him is to live from Him. I'm going to close out with a scripture. I'm just going to pray over you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your pursuing love. I thank you, Lord God, that it is your desire that we would be completely free from all fear. You want us completely free from anything that would hinder love. Anything that would hinder us from receiving your love. Anything that would hinder us from being a conduit of your love. Anything that would hinder us from abiding and resting in your love. Lord, I thank you that your love, your perfect love, drives out all fear. Lord, we give you permission in the places that we've drifted 
from you that you call us. Because we were created to walk with you in the cool of the day. We would hear your voice. When we drift, that you would cry out, where are you? Father, I thank you that you've delivered us from fear, and yet you want us to walk in the fear of the Lord, which is not being afraid of you, but recognizing your ways are best, Papa. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we welcome that, Lord God. We ask that you would, we, you would just bring that in our lives, the revelation, the all the wonder of who you are. And Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that every place that the enemy has lied and deceived us, that you would say, who told you that? You would expose the places in our lives where we were believing lies that inhibit us from being who you've created us to be and the false selves that we could be fully free, fully alive before you, that our lives would be so contagious and so full of you, Jesus, that it would cause other people to go, I don't get it. How can you be full of love and joy and peace in the midst of all this? And you can say, oh, I've not always been this way. Let me tell you about my Savior. Let me tell you about the one who loves me and who's redeemed me and he, what he did for me, he did for you. Father, we would be a people that we freely would have received, we freely give. And Lord, I pray right now, I pray, Father, that we would give thanks to you always because you, from the beginning, from that garden, before, before the foundations of the earth, the Lamb of God was slain. Father, I thank you that you chose for us salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. I bless each one of us with sanctification by the Holy Spirit. It's not by our might or power, but by your spirit. And yet there are times that you have us partner with you. And so, Lord, I ask that we would be a people that would live from rest. That we would not work to rest. We think once we get it all figured out, no, we would start in you. We would live in rest. And we would rest in you. And we would receive from you. And the things we need to hear, Lord, I thank you for the things you showed me. And I pray, I, Father, I know that each one of us have different things, but you know all. And I pray the things we need to hear that they we would receive from you. And that we would rise up in you and the things you're telling us to do, the adjustments to make. And we would run with you and then we release the results to you and come back in that place of rest. That we would be a people that live from you, from rest. Lord, I pray that we would hold fast to you. And you, Jesus, you who've loved us and you've given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, I pray comfort for each heart and that you would establish each one of us in that which you've called us in both word and deed. I pray, Father, that the word of the Lord would run swiftly and be glorified. Where we go, may the word of the Lord go with us because we're going with you and you are the word. And may we be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith, but Lord, you are faithful. And I pray that you would establish and guard each one from the evil one and that we would have confidence in you, Lord, 
both that you do and will do the things that you said you're going to do. So may our hearts, Lord God, be directed in your love and in the patience of Christ. We thank you for your great patience with us. And we thank you for the patience you have for those that you're wanting to come to you. Now, Lord, I just pray that we would just, just be fully in what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.